0: Welcome to the Indie Comics section. Join us as we take you through the pages of some of the best stories and art that's available in the comic book industry. From trivia to book discussions and to interviews. This is Indie Comics. Alright. It's not in the Indie Comics. I think we started off with like every single episode. I saying think so, that. yeah. Usually Jeff, Jeff say something. Oh, uh, hey, how's it going, guys? <laughs> okay. uh, All right, Jeff Maddie, here? say something. <laughs> Maddie said this episode right.
1: We're super coordinated, and we're super happy to have you here. It's Indie Comics with Maddie.
2: <laughs> Tyler. And Jeff. And, and
1: we have a very special guest today. Would you like to introduce yourself?
2: Oh, uh, My
3: name's Ryan Odegawa. I'm a, I'm a comic book, art, comic book artist. I've been doing it for about 20-something years. Oh wow. I first started at uh, Wildstorm Productions yes. under like, yes. Jim Lee and...
0: Yes, you definitely did. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a cool experience. (laughs) So, what is the time? So we, so we've chosen for this month. We've chosen. uh, What, what, what is the book that we've chosen?
3: Oh, the Shadow Zone. Yes,
0: God, I love that cover. Uh,
3: Yeah, I had had this idea probably even before I got into Wildstorm. Oh
2: wow!
0: So
1: So, like twenty years.
2: Yeah. So like the so like the concept for this story predated even going to Wildstorm. Then, huh?
3: Yeah, some of the characters, but this is more of the pre-story. Like the the characters that I had, which are more like uh, the older version.
2: Yeah. Was there
0: an event that kind of got you into like that story?
3: Oh, that made me wanna.
0: Or just like uh, yeah. The, or like what inspired it?
3: Basically, like back in the day, in the back of the book is a picture of a picture that I drew like a long time ago. It was kind of you know Jim Lee influenced back in the day with like X Men and all that. Yeah, I... And you know I had all these characters and I came up with the name Shadow Zone. Kind of kind of because I was a big fan of, like, G.I. Joe 2, so, like, cool names, like <laughs> Storm Shadow. Oh, yeah. So I just took, like, Shadow, and then Zoa, for, for whatever reason, just popped in my head, and then it didn't really mean anything. It just sounded cool. And then <laughs> over, the, over the years, it's gained more um, meaning, and and it's actually sort of the story I kind of wanna wanted to tell. Yeah. Because basically, it's Based on like psychology, like Carl Jung's shadow. I don't know if you're familiar yeah, with Yeah, the shadow you. self. Yeah, that, that kind of idea of, of people's shadows and how people, you know, repress their, their you know, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> their,
1: their feelings. And their...
3: And, you know, but okay, so Shadow Zone centers around a girl named Candora who accidentally releases a long suppressed dark life form called the Kiv hmm.
1: uh,
3: that the previous generations defeated. And trapped in the crystal caves. Uh, at the same time, her parents, who are the rulers of the land, welcome the birth of a new baby girl named Corina, the girl with the pink hair. Hmm. So this is a
1: You gotta the love the girl a girl with the pink hair. Pink hair.
3: Yeah. Uh, in the events that follow, the two sisters are separated. Kandora becomes influenced by the Kiv and by a man named Irek, who is also corrupted by the Kiv and Corina is protected by a group of warrior monks led by a man named Anon. We follow them on a journey to take control back from the Kiv and hopefully save the rest of the citizens of the land from being overtaken.
1: That's <laughs> awesome.
3: I love that the writer, Barbara, oh, I guess we gonna say that uh, Barbara Kiesel was going to be here, but she's sick, so... Yeah. But she helped kind of... Uh, edit that a little bit oh
2: okay wow even now she's still your editor huh even with little bits like that <laughs> how long have you known her
3: so back in the days um on my first comic at wildstorm we worked on a book called uh, savant guard yes which was oh um,
2: yeah that one's my favorite
3: yeah it was It was a lot of fun it was my my first book so i struggled at a you know at the beginning because i had never really done a comic yeah <laughs> So for the first issue, like, Jim Lee helped me, like, do the layouts. Uh, it was only about seven issues, but it was fun. Like, um, I actually, previous to that, um, I actually kind of wanted to work on the character Savant. Hmm. It's kind of weird how it happened, because I was kind of telling people around the studio, like, I want to work on a, a book with Savant. And you know, nothing really happened. And then I guess they had, like, a 75-cent line hmm. Um, hmm. Of, of books, and they're like, do you want to work on this, this one book? It was like a, I think it was called Hazard or something. And I read it. I'm like, uh, and they're like, <laughs> well, I had some other ones. I'm like, let me check, check out the other ones. And then the other one was like Savant with a group of, you know, other people. I'm like, well, yeah, that's, that's what I wanted to work on. You know, I wanted <laughs> I to work just on. ask you about huh?
1: this. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was, it was perfect. And then, um,
1: You never know, though, if they, like, overheard something and, like, somehow that's how it got in because you were talking about it all the time. They're like, oh, we should do one with Savant. And then, like, somehow it got back to you. (laughs) Sometimes when you put things into the universe, you never know.
0: Exactly. But no
1: one left first, though. Right. (laughs) Sometimes you have to create your own destiny. (laughs) Um, Uh. But for you, what brought you into comics then? You said you kind of didn't have experience before going in and and then working with Jim Lee. What was that like kind of stepping into the world and what, what made you take that step?
3: Um, uh, so I started, I started uh, like doodling, like, you know, a lot of kids do. Well, I, my, my dad was an a uh, graphic designer and he showed me a lot of tools, uh, you know, art tools and stuff like that. So I grew up with art and my aunt, uh, is a, a fine artist and stuff like that. But this was back in the day when like the early nineties where, you know, it was, it was the peak of the comic boom back then yeah, sort yeah. of. Jim Lee had done X-Men number one. So I was, you know, I was riding that wave of just, of that fandom. But my friend that I grew up with introduced me to X-Men. I would always collected different comics like G.I. Joe. There was like G.I. Joe, but not until my friend kind of got me into collecting where it's like put it in the the bags and like keep (laughs) it as much as possible.
0: You kind of read it, but then you don't. You're just like, I don't want to wrinkle this page.
3: you, You keep a reading copy and I keep, Keep a reading copy
2: and then one of the plastic. Yes. Yes. Thank you.
3: Yeah. So I just started kind of, I mean, before that I was drawing with like crayons, you know. (laughs) And then after that, I just kind of looked at it, uh, got a sketchbook and kind of copied, you know, the art. And I was like, hey, that looks kind of cool. And I, you know, kept on doing it. And then after a while, it's kind of like, you draw kind of a Frankenstein image of like draw Jim Lee's head and like this body over here and try to you know make it your own thing as much as possible but it just kind of evolved and then Jim Lee had or they had like a talent search in uh, I think it was Wildcats number two I remember telling my mom that I want to move down to San Diego and I was still like, still in high school I was like a senior in high school and she's like you gotta uh, graduate first
0: you
3: know? <laughs> so I just did you know kept on at it in college and, and then it was around 90... Four. i think i might have sent stuff here and there to different studios but there was an image convention it was the first image convention back then
0: oh wow i didn't even uh, know that image had their own convention yes they do wow
3: yeah i think it was i think it was like the first one and they might not have had them anymore after that one hmm. so then i'm i met uh, sarah becker who was the uh, editor on like gen 13
2: oh yeah and, and i
3: remember actually meeting uh, andy park
2: Oh, um, yeah. He's
3: a big time now on the Marvel movies, like concept designer. Probably some other guys, too. But I think a lot of guys went there. But I basically gave him my samples. And then I got, I think I got a sample script to do, like a Warblade thing. So I did that. That was like around 94, 95. So it's kind of coinciding with me. I graduated in 93. Started going to uh, community college around 94. So I was taking some classes. And 95 five is when they asked me to come intern down there so so i was like
0: okay
1: <laughs> <laughs> sure why not
0: you're like i'm not gonna say no They're, to this the, so an- it, yeah, the, the like, answer was clear in other me. words
1: so it was a lot of kind yeah. of just sharing your samples and seeing what was out there and and they kind of called you that's awesome
3: yeah they yeah it was just kind of a uh, I i think i had done some gen 13 stuff and I was influenced by um, Campbell, J. Scott Campbell, J. too. Speaking. Yeah, yes. It was just a natural kind of... We had similar, you know, Jim Lee and kind of Art Adams. So, like, I, gra- I naturally gravitated towards, like, Gen 13. So I, I had done some samples. I think Sarah was probably interested in, you know, that I, I do some Gen 13 stuff yeah. since she was the editor.
1: So you talked about J. Scott Campbell and ob- obviously Jim Lee, who you worked with. Um, who are some of your other literary and or artistic influences?
3: Um... Art Adams oh, okay. always was. Alan Davis, you know, th- those were, like, some of the main ones back in the day. She's not really comic book, but uh, her name is Audrey Kawasaki.
0: Okay. Hmm.
3: Yeah, she does, like, fine art
0: That's awesome.
3: um, pieces. But I kind of like that style. And that, I was kind of influenced for the Shadow Zone. To, it's it's almost like Art Nouveau-ish. Yeah. yeah.
2: That's awesome. It's uh, wonderful to see how, you know, you develop your your. Your talent, and then to see you know who your influences were, but now with regard to your particular work, do you have a particular mm-hmm. audience that you tend to write for, or a particular thre- theme that you think runs through all of your work? Is there some kind of common denominator there? You think?
3: A theme for my own personal stuff, mm-hmm. or just
2: any in, in your in your work specifically?
3: Yeah, it's a good question.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, because you you do both writing and but you are prominently a, an artist. I mean, because you wrote you know Shadow Zone, um, and you've written a couple other things you 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 got credit for.
3: There's Shadow Zone was my is my main, my first sort of main thing that I've done. Well, for Shadow Zone, like why it took so long. I mean, it took forever, but I wanted to be satisfied with it was my like Star Wars in a way. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, I wanted it to be sort of meaningful, have some kind of message or like maybe teaching lesson and to, and to make sort of like some of the influences that I like. So,
0: yeah. So, so with your art, um, I mean, you went to, you said you went to community college. Um, What did you study exactly to do like with, with your art outside of that? What, what do you suggest people who want to get into comic books? You know, somebody like you, who's kind of driven in high school, be like, listen, like I want to do whatever it takes. What, what do you, what do you tell them to do? You know, for, you know, to do art.
3: Definitely. I mean, definitely practice a lot. Because, you know, I was doodling in my English classes and, you know, just you, uh, you might end up getting lower grades or something. <laughs> right. But maybe, I don't know.
2: But you're doing what you love. That's the important thing. Exactly. Yeah.
3: I mean, for me, I was like so focused, I guess, and driven towards the, the comic thing that I guess it just kept on at it. <laughs> but I mean, you'll, you'll develop, you know, the skills, too. You have to develop the skills, too. Like even I'm, I'm probably going to go. Take some um, more like storyboarding classes and just to keep, you know, keep fresh and (laughs) keep learning
1: how would you say that you kind of defined your own style? So I know that there's kind of been a big debate online recently too, about like young artists copying people's style. Um, But I know a lot of, a lot of artists have come forward and kind of said, well, that's how you learn. Like, you know, at the beginning you copy Jim Lee or, you know, J Scott Campbell, and then you kind of find what is yours from it and you figure out what your own style is. Um, Do you have any thoughts about like how you discovered your style?
3: I could think, I could think of a couple of guys that, are awesome now, but then when they started, they were total clones of, like, (laughs) other guys. (laughs) Right. But it teaches
1: you kind of the mechanics first, right?
3: There's more people popping up in my head. I'm like, (laughs) all the guys that are good now were we're clones of someone else, (laughs) Yeah. actually. So, I mean, it is, you know, it's like, if you want to be the best, you got to kind of have some kind of leverage, probably. I guess unless you're just totally brilliant and kind of... (laughs) else different but if not you know it's just kind of just do whatever you can yeah, <laughs> i guess absolutely
0: yeah. i mean so this was a kickstarter um how did you kind of approach this i mean because usually you know with, with comics kickstarter has been this this huge force especially for independent comic books in general how did you approach it like did you like um did you do the research or did you just kind of just go for it
3: oh for the kickstarter uh, yeah i tried to do as much research as possible uh, some friends, you know, kind of helped me out, and I try to get as much info, you know, I, I watched, like, some videos to learn as much as I could, but um, it was just kind of like, you just got to kind of do it, and then yeah. kind of learn from it, and it was a pretty good experience. Um, I would have done something's different, you know, this, especially if I do, like, another one. I'm going to, you know, look back and see how can I make it more efficient, how can I do different things. Cause yeah. I, I know like first one I kind of messed up. I didn't really understand how to do the reward, reward tier. Yeah. Or reward like, tiers, all, yeah
2: I understand all, all the extra stuff. Yeah. Well, well, just look at it this way. You'll be that much wiser when you go into the next one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: What kind of made you feel like it was time? Like you said that you've been thinking about shadow zone for um, 20 years and kind yeah. of ruminating on this. What made you kind of feel like, okay, now's the time I'm going to make a Kickstarter. I'm going to make this comic.
3: I liken it to being pregnant.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> like, uh, I gotta get birth to this sometime. It's a long <laughs>
1: gestation period. <laughs> and I think
2: that's the first ever analogy of that kind we have ever had on this show. Actually.
1: Really? <laughs> <laughs> when when was it time to have the baby? How did you know?
2: But it was, yeah, it was just starting to feel like that. Where I'm like, I gotta. I mean,
3: I just gotta do it sometime. But, or it'll <laughs> never get done, uh, right? Yeah, it'll never get done. But I think one of the main factors was just. Reconnecting with Barbara. Hmm. um Yeah. Well, I, w- I was in San Diego when I met her, and then she just moved um closer to me. I mean, she she w- I learned that she was closer to where I live, so we met up, and I told her all my ideas. And of course, she- with all of her experience, you know, she's been on everything with like, you know, Hellboy and assistant editor on um, like Watchmen and stuff like that. So I'm like, I know she knows what she's doing. So. So I told her all my ideas. Of course, she, you know, she was like, yeah, we can do this, this, or that. So it's a multi-tier story, kind of like a Star Wars where it's like, yeah. you know, you have a trilogy. Yeah. And, so this one is probably going to be around three issues for this. So she helped me kind of craft it, map it, out. Map it out and everything. Yeah.
1: Cool. What, what was it like writing then? I mean, because you, you mostly focus on your art. What was it like kind of stepping into the writer's seat and really kind of giving birth to this idea that you had and, and doing both the writing and the art.
3: Yeah, I mean, she did most of the writing. I had a lot of the ideas. You so were a the creator
0: consultant, of, essentially.
3: Yeah, she's the one that kind of translated, <laughs> I guess. I you know, building a whole world, it's like, it's a lot to think yeah. of because, you know, you want to make it as, as deep as possible. And then but it's like, do I have to like come up with that? Do I have to come up with yeah. your
2: ass and with <laughs> it? Like, it's and all in the details. Everything?
3: Yeah. Cause uh, you know, as much as possible, I wanted to make it as, as big as possible. Yeah. But even when I look at it, I'm like, could have made it bigger, but I had to draw a line somewhere else.
2: Now, one thing um that I particularly am fond about this particular book is that it is a real fantasy based kind of thing. And he did the, the good, uh, the good artwork in that. Now, one thing that I remember you doing back in the day was um, being colorist for World of Warcraft, Pearl of Pandaria, which I absolutely love, by We knew that the
1: way. Jeff had to bring up World of, of Warcraft. Course. It is his yes. favorite thing in this world.
2: Was there some uh, tie-ins like, as far as inspiration between that and what you did with the Kiv here? Because the Kiv sound a whole lot like the Shaw with Warcraft here. And with, mm. your, with, with, your, with your coloring skills, did you see a lot of development between then and there about what you did with uh, Shadow Zone?
3: Yeah, definitely. Even with the format, horizontal format, hardcover. So, uh, you know, I was kind of inspired to do something a little bit more like widescreen. And (laughs) the KIV Kiv actually is a very common
0: thing. Okay, so um, I I guess before, like, you know, with our show being called Indie Comics or a celebration of independent comic books, do you think that this is actually the golden age of comics? And since you're kind of like in this new niche market, which is Kickstarter, what do you, what do you think that that kind of adds to the independent comic world and do you think that that with all these different um you know like outlets now this is finally like the golden age of it
3: yeah i mean i think it's just like like youtube you know everyone has their own youtube channel and you know everyone's their own their own star <laughs> right? you know more
0: mm-hmm.
3: stars because of technology um and yeah you know going from like like I said like like my dad came from the traditional sort of um graphic design, you know he had a light table he had we i mean we had a, like old like apple two c computers back then, and I remember like trying to draw like pixel per pixel like a yeah. picture yes, and had this like cheap scanner but i I know in my head I like it wants to come out, but then the technology <laughs> isn't there to really yeah. like. You know, but now nowadays, like the technology is like, it's there. So <laughs> like, people have so much more access to. To get out their ideas and make it more accurate. Well, yeah, and you, you have artists
1: just... that used to just have a pen and paper, and now you have not only the technology to create it digitally, but mm-hmm. then to spread it digitally and to put it online where a million people can see it really easily. It's incredible.
2: Yeah. In each developmental stage, yeah. too. Yeah, well,
3: that's true. I mean, yeah, back then. People would have just drawn it on paper, but to be able to like digitally color yeah. and stuff like that, or just just even like print on demand and being able to print stuff, I think it's a lot more accessible it's now. Nowadays, yeah, and just
1: yeah. well, and to that point, then you kind of mentioned before that you wanted to tell a story and that you wanted to have the right kind of message within all that noise, mm. I think it's amazing that we have so many comics and we have so much art and we have so many outlets for people to be heard, but what's kind of your message or your theme from shadow zone and, and what do you want people to get out of it?
3: Um, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm like looking at yeah. the, whole, the whole, like everything that's not even published. but, um, I would say, you know, just looking at a lot of the maybe negativity in the world and like where it comes from. I I'm just trying to like, but the, I, you know, I guess there's always the, the yin and yang there has to be you know, good and bad or like that but um, I guess it's a lot about balance that's I think that's the theme of like a lot of things I'm actually Buddhist so there's I mean to be honest like there's probably a lot of movies that are doing you know the same underlying things um, as much as possible I just wanted you know from my point of view if I could come up with any kind of thing that's a little bit different
1: yeah. well maybe that idea that good and like the positive and the negative are in balance and that they need each other rather than always competing that you have to realize that the other one's always going to be there
3: yeah because there's always good... yeah it's it's figuring out a good balance and how to how to live with each other and, and keep things a good balance yeah
1: <laughs> i guess that's wonderful yeah
2: I love that your work actually goes into doing this, and that's why I look forward to going into more detail with it. So this is one amazing story you've done, man, and uh, can't can't wait for us to get into the nitty-gritty of it and see just how this balance is going to be maintained in the storyline. And I love the fact that it's just part one of apparently a a three-parter.
1: Yeah, when can we expect to see more of it? What's next for you? (laughs) Yeah.
3: (laughs) Yeah, actually, uh, Barbara wrote kind of an outline, in the first place, but now we, we have to go in and she just give it back to me and to look over to make sure, like, so we have kind of a rough idea for two, issue two and three. Two is a little bit more tighter, but uh, still kind of, we still need to just tighten it up.
1: Do you have a timeline Actually, for, for getting it done or? Mm-hmm. We won't hold you to it, we promise.
3: I want to do it a lot faster than the first one because I had to figure out a lot of stuff. Yeah. But, um. yeah.
1: And where can people buy Shadow Zone?
3: On my website, um, Odagawa.com.
1: Odagawa.com.
3: O-D-A-G-A-W-A.
1: Check it out, y'all yeah that's awesome well thank you so much for joining us
3: yeah thanks for having and me thank of you
1: everybody for listening in our podcasts are available on itunes and on any other podcast app and of course on our website thegrandgeekgathering.com we have articles events and other podcasts available for you to enjoy you can stay updated from our facebook twitter instagram youtube and we stream on twitch Intro is provided by bensound.com and you can buy Shadowzone at otagawa.com. So come and join the gathering. Have a great week and GGG! G-G-G.